At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Sports betting landscape from coast to coast. This is Betting Across America on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This is our number two of Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Bebfe alongside James Salinas here, hanging out with you guys over the next couple of hours. Hour one already down, two more hours to go as we talk all things college hoops, NBA, and a little NFL in just a bit. But want to update you guys on some scores going on in college basketball. Memphis, three-point dogs, two-and-a-half, I believe they ended up closing against Houston at home. They lead it 49-29 to at halftime, laying 15-and-a-half on the live number total. 150 and a half and then in the game of the day in the Big Ten Michigan Ohio State the Wolverines hanging tough without Hunter Dickinson tied up at 20 at the under eight timeout Buckeyes laying five and a half on the live number total 141 and a half but James this uh, Michigan team looks like they're playing pretty tough here without their big fella hitting some shots and and I think with the interior we know Dickinson's not in there to take advantage of the thin interior for Ohio State with both Kyle Young and Zed Key not playing in this contest so mm-hmm. some depth issues on the interior for Ohio State from this perspective and so trying to play inside out off the dribble the dribble drive for Michigan and then be able to shoot the shot they've made a couple threes this is not a good perimeter shooting team for for the Michigan Wolverines but they have been very aggressive trying to get the ball to the rim because of the the interior lack of interior presence for the forward position for Ohio State and another drive again to the rim for how he missed the bunny but it was again another opportunity to get to the cup for Michigan well, the NFL offseason is in full swing, James. The NFL Combine going right now in Indianapolis. Today is being the last day of the workouts with the cornerbacks working out here later on this afternoon out there in Indianapolis. But that being brings us to this road to the draft that we've been doing, talking about all 32 teams across the league. And our road, once again, takes a stop to the Meadowlands with the New York Jets. The New York Jets last season, 4-13 overall, 6-11 uh, against the spread, I should say, 10-7 to the over. Robert Sala now in year two. Zach Wilson, the quarterback, now in year two as well. The Jets, 150-1 to to win the Super Bowl. We'll talk about that here in just a bit. But they have 44 million dollars in cap space and they have two first round picks in the top 10 in this spring's NFL draft here what is kind of the biggest question mark for you heading into this offseason with this Jets team that plays in what's turning into being a pretty tough division out there in the AFC East 
No, I, th- I think for what do we see from year one to year two for Zach Wilson, it starts at the quarterback position, young young QB and a lot of pressure coming on him, not only to have to perform at, at the NFL level where we just see this now, Femi, these quarterbacks don't get to, for the most part, unless you're in San Francisco, potentially <laughs> as, as Trey Lance really never just held the clipboard all season long. That used to be the case where the, the heir apparent to the quarterback position would be drafted and sit behind the veteran and, and watch and learn and hold the clipboard and and hold their water, hold my beer kind of thing. But I think here, you know, these quarterbacks now just get thrust in. And, yeah, you're a top pick. You're going to be expected to, to step up and, and compete and perform and, and learn the hard way on the job training. So what do we see from Zach Wilson from year one to year two? I think that's the first piece here. But, you know, think about the offensive line. You look at the units and you think, all right, well, you've got, you've got draft capital here. you got the four and the ten pick. Where are, their, where are their biggest struggles? And I think on the offensive side, I think there's some young talent to work with. Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, you got some, you got some talent at the wideout position, some young talent there. And, and like what we saw at the running back position last year, too, from the New York Jets. And I think offensively, Mekhi Becton, does he come back healthy? We really didn't get to see him mm-hmm. last year in his second year in the league. Got hurt in the first game of the season, was lost for the year. What do we see? We, I, think, I, I think they were – Vera Tucker at the left guard looks strong, and do they go back? and get Morgan Moses to sign him again at the right tackle position. I think offensive line, they're serviceable. They're going to be fine there. I think the defensive line is relatively competitive too. It's the back seven and in particular the secondary. I mean, that's where the work is. And so if you want to go into the draft and you're looking at the draft, is Kyle Hamilton falling to four? I'm sure he probably does the safety out of Notre Dame. You know, great coverage. Great. He's going he's gonna to play the run really well. Very physical player, smart player, terrific safety. Kyle Hamilton filling a big need for the Jets for one because I think May is going to be gone. Marcus May will be gone from the Jets in free agents. He's going to leave. So Kyle Hamilton would make sense if we're talking draft perspective there, especially at that number four pick for New York. That's where the need is defensively, especially in the secondary. Yeah, it's almost like this Jets team. I don't know if the fans can stomach another uh, safety there in the top ten, how things ended with Jamal Adams. Now they do have that number pick the 10th overall pick because of that Jamal Adams trade to Seattle there. But uh, I know the Jets fans safety in the top 10, maybe they're a little apprehensive about it, but Kyle Hamilton, a terrific player. He's going to be working out today at the combine. The Jets, I'm looking at their AFC odds over at BetMGM, 14 to one just to win the division. Now they have to compete with the Buffalo Bills, who are the odds on favorites at minus 185. You have the New England Patriots plus 320 year two for Mac Jones at quarterback Tua Tungo Vailoa and the Dolphins plus five. 50 Mike McDaniel now in his first year as a head coach down there on South Beach this Jets team it feels like there's not a whole lot of room for they might be able to improve but in terms of surpassing those teams it feels like it's going to be a very tall task in 2022 here but we've seen these teams these second quarter second year quarterbacks make these sort of jumps did you see enough from Zach Wilson last year that gives you a little bit of optimism heading into a year two or is he still a big question mark it's a question mark for me. I mean, I th- I just think for for Coach Robert Sala, I mean, there was so much that he needed to clean up, not on the field. Yeah, terrible product that we've seen out of the Jets for such a long mm-hmm. time on the field, but off the field, just the you know d- moving past the debacle that was Adam Gase and just the kind of a weird bird out there, never really ingratiated himself in that locker room uh, with with the New York Jets, Sam Donald, all of that's put behind them. So trying to establish a new mindset and a new culture, it's going to take time there for the New York Jets. Now the fact that you only won four out of 17 games. Yeah, I think where else do you have to go? Another bad season from the New York Jets, but we're kind of accustomed to seeing 
seeing that. So some expectations. I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of expectations on this Jets team coming in, looking at any of their futures within the a within the conference and even within that division. I mean, you you nailed it. You talked about Buffalo. I mean, that's the team to beat. Not only in the AFC East, to me, that's the team to beat in the AFC. Period. And yeah. They were 13 seconds away. How much is that team kicking themselves oh for not goodness. being able to get off the field with 13 seconds to go in the divisional round at Kansas City? Because really, they should have been the team that was in the Super Bowl representing the AFC. But I think for the for the Jets, there I, there's no interest for me to get involved with any kind of futures market within that division. They are going to be they're they're still the fourth best team in that division. You're going to be competing with the Miami Dolphins. We're going to have a lot of turnover there with Miami at the coaching staff. What are we going to see out of them? Maybe there's an opportunity to to fight for the third place mm -hmm. in that division, but you're not going to overtake overtake Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots and definitely not going to supplant the Buffalo Bills in the AFC East. Yeah, an interesting thing with this New York Jets team, Carl Lawson was a big free agent acquisition for them last offseason. He never played because he tore his yep. ACL or might have been ACL or Achilles, one of the two there in training camp. So it's almost like they get another addition with him coming back. Mm -hmm. He was one of those Bengals pass rushers from a couple years ago that was really good there. The Bengals ended up replacing him with Trey Hendrickson. Worked out for Cincinnati, uh, but we'll see if Lawson can work out for the New York Jets. A really good player there on the edge. But to me, this Jets team, it's so fascinating because parity is a massive deal in the NFL we see the teams go from worst to first and you mentioned the Buffalo Bills being the favorite out there in the AFC well they're probably gonna be the most popular bet at one sportsbook they are at plus 750 to win the Super Bowl number two being the Cincinnati Bengals number three being the Rams but number four James is the New York Jets at 200 to one now 150 to one over at BetMGM. I see you already kind of smiling and smirking your thoughts and reaction to the Jets being a fourth most popular team in terms to bet on to win the Super Bowl. Uh, you probably have better odds to play the lotto, the state lotto. Roll it to 7-Eleven, get yourself some scratch tickets, do something better. Find your best charity and and donate to a good cause. Don't donate to the books by betting the Jets to get, to get that far. I mean, it's, there's too many. I mean, just still trying to get through the the change in culture there. For one, it's a lo it's been a loser mentality there for the New York Jets for such a long time. That's psychologically that's something you have to change. Now that changes as you start to win football games, but this is not a team built to win this coming season. It's still going to be a bad football team, but I think there's potential to get they, they They can get, they can find more wins than four that they totaled last year. Uh, but that's not a very high ceiling to have to surpass, right? Again, the, yeah. the expectations are very low, at least for, in my mind. The, the expectations are low for the Jets and you, and you saw that. And I think that's what happens with bad teams sometimes where, they are the overlooked team on their said opponent's schedule. We saw that with Tennessee, and we know Tennessee was banged up going into that matchup against the Jets earlier in the season that they lost, and so was Cincinnati. Not so much banged up, but clearly a flat and a look-ahead spot for the Bengals where you just take your opponent lightly, and and you can lose to any team in this in this league. Nobody goes undefeated, family. We know that, and, yeah. and very rarely do you go undefeated, and very rarely do you not win a football game through the duration of the year. So I think for the Jets, they'll be able to sneak up on some teams I just I want to see more. I'd need to see more out of Wilson at the quarterback position from year one to year two. What improvement do we see? And I because I, I think he's got some talent to to get the football too. And I like Michael Carter out of the backfield as well, catching the football too. I think he's a very versatile player. So there's some options out there. And I think it's a steady offensive line. I'd love to see Morgan Moses come back and if they resign him at the right tackle position and give some stability and some veteran presence to that offensive line and really some veteran leadership to that offense as well. Very young team aside from Moses. If he, if he does return. Would you anticipate the Jets being players in free agency? They have $44 million in cap space. 
I mean, you're going to have to put some money into the defense, and that's where it comes. You need some depth at linebacker. So, that look, you have to look through what does it look like for the free agents out there. You have money to spend. Yeah, I think you got to invest on the defensive side. We talked about the secondary really being the, the biggest weakness for the Jets, but also at the linebacker position. This is not a deep linebacker core, so there's some money to be spent out there. I do kind of like the defensive line for the Jets, but that back seven is in need. So if you're going to spend some money in New York, make it on that side, and you figure Robert Sala coming from the defensive mind, I'm sure he'll be lobbying for not only through the draft, but also through free agency to upgrade that defense. How about one cornerback, J.C. Jackson, who the New England Patriots don't appear to be franchise tagging he'll be on the open market going from the Patriots to the Jets just to add a little bit more spice into that rivalry there that would be a big big upgrade for that secondary as you outlined there maybe JC Jackson bringing Kyle Hamilton you might be cooking with gas here James with this Jets team on the other side we're going to go down south to talk an NFC team Carolina Panthers as our road to the draft ends in Charlotte here you're watching betting across America At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back. This is Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Femi Bebefe alongside James Salinas out there in Colorado. Real quick update. Ohio State leads Michigan 29-28. We are approaching halftime. About two and a half minutes left to go in Columbus in the first half. Buckeyes land four and a half. Total 141 and a half right now. Michigan, important to note, they are playing without their star player, Hunter Dickinson. He is out due to a stomach ailment, ailment, I should say. So we'll keep our eyes on that game. But we continue our 
more road to the NFL draft and taking a pit stop to Charlotte, North Carolina, one of the fun cities in America. Got a lot of great food options out there. The Carolina Panthers, though, are hoping that they are a tasty option in 2022 because 2021 saw them go 5-2 and two overall, 5-12, and 12, I should say, overall, 5-12 and 12 against the spread as well. They were 8-9 and nine to the over. Matt Rule now entering in year three. The seat starting to warm up just a tad. Sam Darnold under contract until next season. They're 50-1 to one to win the Super Bowl, have about $26 million in cap space, and they are the owners of the number six overall pick in this year's draft here, James. But I want to start out here with the most important position because quarterback with Sam Darnold there, it seems like they're looking to replace him, but the options might be running a little thin. Uh, there's, what, what are you going to replace him with? Mm-hmm. Uh, are, the free agent market, really, who's the top dog in the free agent market? <laughs> or not even free agent market, just on the trading block, in a sense, Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, is that the all the talk with Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, those guys? I just I can't imagine either of those guys leaving. So, And we don't know the, the case with Deshaun Watson. So I, what, what do, if you're going to play Sam Darnold, he's in his last year, his fifth year ext- was extended uh, for for this coming season. But Darnold's not the answer. It wasn't the answer in New York. We saw him there and in Carolina and just really underwhelming play. And he played like Sam Darnold has played for most of his career. Just mm-hmm. not really one to, to be, it's just not going to play at a competitive level that you need to put you in in a place where you can be competing for a playoff spot in the NFL, whether it's at AFC or in this case here, the NFC. So do they go through the draft? So is it is it somebody where you're picking that number six with Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis? And I don't know, depending on the hand size of what you prefer, which way do you go if you want to draft a quarterback there? I don't think either of them are going to be good quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't think they're going to elevate your team. So is this year that you need to rebuild the offensive line? I think that's, for me, you look at this team collectively, and I, I kind of look at teams by the unit. And mm-hmm. of all the units, offensive line, defensive line, et cetera, it's the offensive line. It's just a bad offensive line. They have a lot of work to do up there, not only through the draft, but through uh, through free agency, whatever they can do. But they've got a lot of work to do up front. So regardless of who the quarterback is, I don't care if you draft a quarterback, it's going to be Sam Darnold, whoever it might be. Cam Newton decides to come back and, and, and play wishbone offense and pound the football rushing. I mean, you need to have an offensive line to keep those mm-hmm. quarterbacks healthy. So that's where I would go in the sixth pick. I wouldn't be looking at the quarterback position. I for the Panthers, it's got to be at the offensive line, regardless of who the quarterback is. Yeah, it's interesting when you look at Sam Darnold's career stats. In his rookie year, he started 13 games. 13 games started his second year, 12 in 2020, and 11 last year. And only once he's thrown for more than 3,000 yards passing. He's never thrown for 20 touchdown passes in a single season. Last season, nine TDs, 13 interceptions. I mean, this is a guy that they traded pretty decent draft capital for and gave him that fifth-year option as well. Like, this Sam Donald experience for the Carolina Panthers, I think they're learning that the guy they saw with the New York Jets is just the guy who he is. Like, this is not some sort of reclamation uh, um, project that they can have, at least in terms of improving him, because it just was not a good season for him last year. So the quarterback well, like you mentioned, is pretty dry, and there's just not a lot of options out there. Mitchell Trubisky is the high-priced free agent who he's gotten a lot of buzz at the scouting combine in terms of a guy that will be starting in 2022. I know you're a little lower on Mitchell Trubisky than some of these NFL GMs might be, but to me, I don't see where they find the answers to improve at the quarterback position outside of just absolutely nuking their entire future and maybe giving up three or four first-round picks for somebody who is just not seen as available right now. 
Yeah, and I think for this team, it's still in rebuild mode on the offensive side. I like the defense. There's a lot of young talent on the defensive side for the Carolina Panthers, and I think that's what can make them competitive this season is going to be that defense. Love Burns and Reddick on the outside, you know, being able to pick up Reddick in, in free agency last year from Arizona. I think they make a great tandem rushing the passer. Uh, the secondary didn't get to see J.C. Horn, you know, the top pick from mm-hmm. last year. Uh, he got hurt early in the season and missed the entire year, but he's a terrific player if and when he's healthy. Hopefully he comes back at 100% next year. Uh, Jeremy Chin can make some play. I like his his upside in that secondary as a safety, kind of the box safety of play coverage, but also very physical and a playmaker uh, in between the numbers. So I, I think there's talent on the defensive side for the Panthers that can keep them relatively competitive. And then just thinking about the division in the NFC South, I mean, it's not going to be a competitive division. We know Tom Brady moving on into retirement and hanging out with the with the kids and the family now not going to be there. What is Tampa Bay going to do at the quarterback position? So question marks there. The New Orleans Saints in complete cap hell. And so this is going to yeah. be a – what are we going to see from New Orleans? That is definitely – they, they – uh, Who's quarterbacking for them? I mean, so many question marks for the New Orleans Saints. New coaching staff. Just This is not going to be the New Orleans Saints that we're used to seeing for the last decade and a half or so. And then the Atlanta Falcons, another team in rebuild mode. And Matt Ryan doesn't put any any fear into saying this team is going to go over and overtake and, and win the NFC South. So I think there's opportunity for Carolina to be competitive within the division because of their defense and because the the, the 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 entire NFC South is in such transition, but offensively is going to be the struggle. There's going to be some ugly, low-scoring games in Carolina yeah. this season. Yeah, at Bet Jim, they're plus 375 to win the NFC South, and there's no prohibitive favorite. Buccaneers are the favorite, but they're yeah. plus 140. Just goes to show how wide open this division is. One of these teams is going to be hosting a playoff game next January. We'll see who that answer ends up being, but I want to ask you about Christian McCaffrey, because he's been the face of this offense ever since Cam Newton left, and the first First three years of his career were terrific, but since then, in 2020 and in 2021, he's played a combined 10 games. He's just been absolutely riddled with injuries throughout his career now over the last two seasons, and this has come after they signed him to that big contract, and if they were to release him prior to June six, uh, ju- uh, June 1, he would be a $26 million dead cap hit for the Carolina Panthers here, so I doubt they release him, but what do you think they end up doing with CMC here? Do they try to trade him, or do they maybe keep him on the roster or maybe restructuring? Uh, and that's that's the that's the big question mark. How and what do you do with Christian McCaffrey? Because we see this with running backs a lot in those first few years in the league. I mean, he's a, a pound for pound as tough as anybody in this league. He's not one that shies away. He's not looking for that sideline. Uh, he is looking to not only take on the contact, sometimes he's initiating that contact. And that's such a versatile player coming out of the backfield, not only rushing the ball, can pound the ball from the on the on the interior, on the reds, you know, in the red zone and at the goal line. Great in space catching the football too but you just we've seen this out of running backs too many touches and you just start to wear down you know the you don't get new tires man they wear out that tread and that's what happened those first three years he was sensational but you really just wear there's only so much the body can take and he's not a big fella to begin with so what do you do with Christian McCaffrey I don't know Femi I'm not sure what Carolina does with him but you can just see it's unfortunate the lifespan of running backs mm-hmm. in this league especially when you just wear them out so early you're, you're putting them in fifth gear each and every time he was out there so many touches just that that's the attrition of playing in the NFL and for a player Mike McCaffrey as tough as he is if your wheels can't go it's not much
much you can do about it. So what do the Panthers do with him? I don't know who's going to want to take that on. What are you going to command for him if you're going to try to trade for him? I mean, that contract is, is massive for one. Do they just try to get out of it and say, look, we've, we know we're in committing to big-time rebuild mode. Not sure if they do that or not, but I don't know if you're going to find any kind of value in the trade market. We've got about a minute left here, James. Is Matt Rule in trouble? I mean, now we're in year three of this rebuild for the Carolina Panthers. David Tepper's starting to get a little impatient after signing him to that seven-year contract here. You think uh, Rule ends, uh, starts the season on the hot seat? I, I do. I've, I've... Was there was questions whether he was going to survive this season and now going into the offseason. He has, and he's going to be leading this team once again. But I don't know. He's, he just seems like he strikes me as one of those guys, that, and we see this with certain coaches, that it's it's they're never pointing the finger at themselves first. And when it comes to accountability, you talk about leadership, and you want to hold you, – you talk about accountability through leadership, and it starts with you. It starts with holding yourself accountable for your own mistakes. And we've seen this with other coaches that just have a really hard time. Matt Patricia is the first one that comes to mind, that it was always everybody else, not me. I'm the genius out here <laughs> on the sideline coaching in preparation for this game. Players got to go out and execute. Matt Rule strikes me as one of those guys, too. I just don't know if there's that really that good chemistry as far as – the leadership of Matt Rule as the head coach, not only with preparation for games, in games, but in that locker room. Uh, just feels like a disconnect there from the coaching staff. So, yeah, they better get off to a good start because that that seat is going to continue to get hotter and hotter if they don't. Yeah, he already fired offensive coordinator Joe Brady. So, at this point, it's like David Tepper said, you get to decide your staff, and if it doesn't work out, I'm sure Rule will not be there for much longer. On the other side, you got to talk about the Dallas Cowboys. Amari Cooper, they're planning to release him. What's going on in Big D with Scott? This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Get an early start on your college hoops tournament betting with VSIN's full court bracket betting coverage starting Sunday, March 13th. That's one week from today. Six hours of free live video streaming on VSIN.com, including the full bracket reveal and opening lines for every game. The VSIN college hoops experts, including Greg Hoops Peterson, will analyze every game and discuss with the bookmakers making the lines to find the best early value. Don't wait for the lines to move. Start your bracket in round one tournament betting with the VSIN college hoops experts on Sunday, March 13th, again, one week from today, 6 p.m. Eastern, free on vcin.com. Welcome back. This is Betting Across America, presented by the BetMGM. We're at the halfway point. Femi Abebefe alongside James Salinas, hanging out in Colorado, talking a little college hoops, NBA, some NFL discussion, and the big news, James, that came out Friday in the National Football League from ESPN's Adam Schefter is that the Dallas Cowboys likely to release wide receiver Amari Cooper by the start of the new league year. Now, Cooper is due $20 million fully guaranteed on the fifth day of the new league year, which is March 20th, free agency coming up here in less than two weeks now. Dallas, if they do cut Cooper, save $16 million in cap space. Right now, the Cowboys over $21 million. But what was your reaction when you heard the news that Dallas's wide receiver one will likely be playing for another team to start 2022? Well, salary cap casualties, and this is we see this a lot with a number of players. These big contracts heavily loaded, and now what are you going to do as far as Dallas? Yeah, they're going to end up cutting him. As far as the the team goes now, well, you're you're looking at the 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 pool of receivers here for Dallas. A lot of question marks. C.D. Lamb really going to have to. He's going to be a prominent role because you think about where Michael Gallup is. Well, 
I don't know, do we see Michael Gallup even play next year? He got hurt in the last game of the regular season, tore his ACL. So you're talking about having surgery in January. When does he come back at some point in the second half of the season? And and for a player like Gallup, a lot of speed, tremendous route runner, a really great athlete, you're going to need that knee to be 100% to get back at the level that you were playing to prior. Uh, yeah, I think that's going to be just offensively a big question marks for the Dallas Cowboys from the receiver position. And then what is the identity of this team going to look like next year for offensively for the Dallas Cowboys? This is not the same team that we've seen, that we're accustomed to seeing when we saw Zeke Elliott get and fed the football repeatedly and and the a really powerful offensive line committed to rushing the football and wearing down their opponent's defense over the course of 60 minutes. That was not the case this year, really. Pass-heavy offense with Dak Prescott coming back from the year prior and his major uh, foot surgery, ankle surgery that he suffered uh, from from the previous season. I just, I just think this Dallas team, uh, there's a lot of question marks on the offense. There's a lot of question marks on this team, period. Yeah. Uh, not only on the field, Femi, but also on the sideline. Yeah, no, that's to me. Like, I, I just, as a Cowboys fan, and last season there was times that there was promise, and then it ended kind of with the offense sputtering a little bit, then that horrific uh, playoff game against the San Francisco 49ers where I think they got about 30 penalties, give or take here. But it, it just... To me, I don't see the path for improvement for the Cowboys in 2022. They're over the cap space, $21 million over. And Amari Cooper, yes, he did not have one of the better seasons of his career here. And it was a down year for him. 865 yards, only played 15 games here because he had COVID, missed a couple games. Also had some uh, some banged up injuries with a foot injury there. Only eight touchdowns. But to me, it feels like they're getting worse. Now, it improves their cap situation. But as a team, in terms of what we're betting on, they will be a worse team in 2022 in my opinion do you agree with that yes i do and you not only talk about amari cooper being the a, a salary cap casualty potentially demarcus lawrence will be too yeah. he's their team's highest defensive player and leader on that defensive front tremendous player he might end up getting cut that might be something that happens come june uh, based on where their salary cap is and other moves that they can make but if they end up losing demarcus lawrence i mean micah parsons was a, a man what a gift that he fell down and draft order last year to the Dallas Cowboys and credit to Dan Quinn. Now that is, I think that's the one saving grace for the Dallas Cowboys is that Dan Quinn did not get a head coaching job in the offseason, mm-hmm. So he will return as the defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys. And I mean, I think he did everything and anything he could to not only with Micah Parsons and really maximize, maximized his absolute talent. He's a really talented player and loved the head on his shoulders too. Just yeah. a, a real quality character guy. And love to see that with these young players, coming in and he's all about the team tremendous player and credit to Dan Quinn to move him around so he was playing in space rushing the passer getting tackles for loss playing the run getting out in coverage great player but you know there's a lot of holes and if you lose a Demarcus Lawrence uh, that leadership on that defensive side Marka Parsons can definitely step up and fill in that gap as far as the leadership position but that the pressure off the edge coming from Demarcus Lawrence will be sorely missed. Yeah, Randy Gregory, also a free agent for the Dallas Cowboys as well. Another pass rusher for them. Ed Warder of ESPN tweeted this stat out, and I thought it was really fascinating when we, the news came out that they're likely to move on from Amari Cooper. He said that Dak Prescott 
playing with Amari Cooper, has posted a total 65 total QBR, which is with the likes of an Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and Justin Herbert. Those are the only quarterbacks that have a higher QBR than 65 in 2021. Without Amari Cooper, Dak Prescott's QBR drops all the way down to 35, which is below average. Average QBR is at 50 there. So clearly, Dak is much better with Amari Cooper, and we saw that that was why they traded for Cooper back in 2018 when they were having some struggles in the passing game. So I ask you this, James, why the release of Cooper and why not a restructure? Or maybe why not maybe take a look at the money for that high-priced running back that you have there in the backfield? Yeah, well, and I think as far as the running back position is concerned, even if they keep an Ezekiel Elliott and he's going to be back, I'm assuming, and you're going to make that casualty cut with Amari Cooper. Are they... I mean, that's the challenge here with Dallas on the offensive side is we've seen this big shift from going to this run-heavy type of physical offensive line and and pounding the football to now with Zeke, another one that had a great career early, but a lot of touches. Yep. We talked about that with McCaffrey and start to wear down that tread. We've got to really got to get Pollard more involved in the offense this coming season. I suspect we will, but... You know, at any time, here's the, also the other challenge that I see with the Dallas Cowboys, and this is year in and year out, Femi. Just that, that star on the helmet may as well just be a, a bullseye because they are every mm-hmm. team. Every team targets the Dallas Cowboys, America's team, Jerry Jones, all the hoopla that surrounds that and all the – when's the last time they went to the Super Bowl? Has it been almost three decades? But they sure <laughs> talk about it. We hear about the Dallas Cowboys as if they are in the Super Bowl year in, year out. This is not the New England Patriots and Tom Brady of, of decades past. This has not been uh, – and if, uh, really if struggling for playoff wins over the course of the last three decades for the most part, too. Uh, it's just a bullseye, everybody's favorite team to beat up on. And looking in this division in the NFC East, I mean, where is Philadelphia going to fit into this year? I really liked what we saw in the transition for the Philadelphia Eagles over the course of the second half of the season. And I think it was really precipit, really, really from that game in Las Vegas, where they lost to the Raiders midseason, yeah. we saw a complete shift from that Philadelphia Eagles team. It's not going to be hurt stepping back, throwing the ball 35, 40, 45 times a game. We're going to commit to power football and pound the pound the rock at you. And they did a great job of that in the second half, really changed their season around. That's the team where, yeah, you talked about the regression for Dallas. I definitely see that coming. And who's going to be the benefactor? To me, it's the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC East. Yeah, just to clean up the Ezekiel Elliott discussion here, I was looking at his contract over on Track, and he's going to be on the team for two more years because the dead cap is it's a gross situation here for the Dallas Cowboys. If they were to release him before June 1, it would be a $30 million dead cap for Ezekiel Elliott. So, yeah, you can pretty much put Zeke in ink on the depth chart for Dallas in 2022 and in 2023, 2024, then you get, once he's 29 years old, a little bit of relief there. But you mentioned it, this Dallas team and the regression that's coming for them. And right now at BetMGM, they are the favorite to win the NFC East at minus 120. Philadelphia 3-1, to one, the Commanders plus 450, the Giants 7-1. to one. I have this Dallas team circled, and I'm a fan of the team, but it breaks my heart to say I have it circled for a season win total under. Because it's probably going to be around that 10, maybe 10 and a half range, and I don't see this team kind of repeating what we saw a year ago unless they can take a considerable step forward defensively if Michael Parsons turns into LT and maybe the defense can carry them but I don't see this team offensively being better than they were a year ago so you would identify the Eagles would you maybe be interested in the commanders at plus 450 or the Giants at seven to one or is it just all Philly for you 
Nah, skip the Giants. That, that team's <laughs> too much transition going there. Another team with a horrible offensive line. But, you know, Washington, what are we going to see at the uh, – is Taylor Heineke? Heineke's not going to be the – where are they going to go at the quarterback position? Yeah. I just think the ceiling is uh, – they've met the ceiling for the for the Washington football. The, the commanders now let's get used to saying the yeah. commies. Get used to saying the Washington commies. That does not have a good ring to it. But but I think, yeah, I think for Philadelphia. Philadelphia, you know, they've got – thank thank you, thank you, Carson Wentz. We've got some more draft capital. Yeah. Thank you, Indianapolis Colts. So I think Philadelphia, yeah, you don't need Jalen Hurts. This is not going to be a team that's going to contend for the Super Bowl. But as far as within the division, I just like teams that can find ways to be more physical up front. And that is the offensive line is a little bit older, but you got great leadership on that offensive line for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I just really like teams that commit to pounding the football for four quarters. And that is what Philadelphia did. I like Philadelphia's chances to win that NFC East plus three to one. Yeah, that's where I'd be looking. Yeah, Philadelphia, we saw it every single week in the NFL season. The betting market loved that team. You could put your watch to it on either Saturday or Sunday. That Eagle money would always come in, and they would move lines there. So I like this Philadelphia team right there along with you as well. I think this is a wide-open division. Dallas minus 120, forget about it. Uh, on the other side, we're going to recap college basketball, take another dip, and get caught up on what's going on in Columbus between Michigan and Ohio State, plus Memphis and Houston. Big win on the horizon here for the Tigers. This is Betting Across America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sports books, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive Exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM app. Sign up with the BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Welcome back. This is Betting Across America, presented by none other than BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside James Salinas out there in Colorado, talking college hoops, NBA, did a little NFL last segment. But let's go back to college basketball. Memphis on the brink of a very, very big win. They lead Houston 68 to 46, playing 18 and a half right now, live number 143 and a half. But the game of the day, and it's turning into a terrific game, James. Ohio State, Michigan, Buckeyes up 41-39 at the under 16 timeout here. What are your kind of thoughts? as you've been watching this game, tracking along. Yeah, just for Michigan playing with that desperate effort and trying to rally around the fact that late scratch with Hunter Dickinson not being able to play today mm-hmm. with a stomach ailment. And so knowing, hey, we, we're we going to really have to step up our game and, and make up. You're not going to step up for his presence on the floor, but from a, a scoring perspective and then defensively having to really not going to have them back there in the paint, patrolling the paint to, to protect the rim. I think for Ohio State on the other side, we knew they were going to be a bit shorthanded with Young being out of this game at the starting forward. And then uh, Zed Key, he did try to give it a go. He was questionable to come in with an ankle injury, and he did come in for a few minutes and then hobbled and limped to the locker room early in this contest. Only played a couple of minutes, was two for two from the floor with three boards as well. But not only for this game, not sure if Key will be back. Didn't look like when you're not putting any pressure and you're hopping your way to the – Topping your way to the locker room, you've re-injured that ankle. Clearly wasn't ready 100% to come back into this game, not only for this game here, but what about going forward into the conference tournament? That's going to be a challenge for this Ohio State team if they are shorthanded up front rolling into this conference tournament in just a few days. Yeah, I think, too, the important thing to note with Hunter Dickinson is that it is a stomach ailment, so this is not like an injury that might keep him sidelined for the Big Ten tournament. Clearly, he probably ate something that was uh, upsetting him uh, out there in Columbus last night. Maybe you mentioned the buffet wasn't too good. Something was undercooked or whatever. We don't want to speculate, but Hunter Dickinson should be good to go for the Big Ten tournament. It's fascinating, though, when you look at the box score, James, for this game here. The Buckeyes shooting 53% from the field, 44% from three, and yet they're only up by two. Is, is this a situation where you would you be interested in live betting the Michigan Wolverines, even though they are shorthanded here? I mean, because uh, 53%, you're not going to do much better than that. Well, I just I think you're seeing the the difference in this game right now is the fact that Michigan is pounding the offensive boards. They have 11 offensive boards in this game. You think, how do they do in that without Hunter Dickinson? Well, it's just the fact that Ohio State is very short up front, knowing mm-hmm. that they're, they're, they're starting forward with Young being gone, now Key going and hobbling to the sideline. That's where the biggest challenge is right now. They are getting hammered on the boards on the interior, so extra, ba- extra shots putbacks for the Michigan Wolverines to keep them competitive in this game. Yeah, I just I just think we get to this we get later into this second half now and the it's going to come down to half court execution and the fact that Michigan will not be able to play through the post in this second half because Dickinson has been out obviously for the entirety of the game mm-hmm. uh, becomes more of a perimeter game for Michigan and this is just the team that does not shoot well from the perimeter so I, I think this one rightfully so I was able to get out of that bet and get my money back fully full refund with that four and a half that I had in favor <laughs> of Michigan with thinking that Dickinson was on there right now I don't want to get back involved looks like Michigan actually just hit a three yeah. <laughs> from hit a deep three from straight away center so Michigan has retaken the lead 42 41.
They heard you talking, telling them that they That's couldn't right. shoot. <laughs> um, they're I'm pl- just trying to motivate them, partner. <laughs> trying to motivate them. <laughs> That's excellent. Plus 170 right now are the Wolverines on the money line over at BetMGM. Uh, three and a half is the line with the Buckeyes just taking the lead, 43 to 42. The total sitting at 139 and a half. So this is going to be a really fun game. It's going to end here while we're doing the show. So we'll be keeping our tabs on that one as well as Michigan just went ahead and hit another three-pointer, it looks like. So uh, they're up by two now, 45 to 43 over there, now getting plus 115 on the money line at BetMGM. Nebraska and Wisconsin, this game is about to tip off here uh, shortly over there in Madison. And I'm looking for the live number right Oh, Sorry, the number is 12 and a half over at BetMGM. 12 and a half is our number total, 146 and a half. The Badgers coming off a big week. They took down Purdue there with those two bank shots in the final minute there. Chucky Hepburn with the game winner there with about a second left or so here. And this is a spot that it's kind of a tricky one, but they have a chance to clinch the Big Ten outright, James. Yeah, and I think that's motivation enough right there. Sometimes you're going to play down the level of your competition, and you think about who Wisconsin's playing today, and you're playing Nebraska. They're just 3-16 and 16 in Big Ten play, but they are on a two-game roll. They have won their last two in conference play and really and a huge upset last week at Ohio State, and I think that's what happened to Ohio State kind of taking this team lightly uh, as far as the Cornhuskers were concerned. I mean, this is, uh, you know, I I think for Wisconsin, the fact that you have this at home, they've been playing very well. They have a chance to finish out, like you said, to to clinch the not only the number one seed in the tournament, but then win the conference outright as regular season champions. Yeah, I think that's motivation enough here for Wisconsin. I just don't think Nebraska, they don't match up with most most of the teams in the Big Ten, and now you're going to go on the road with, in a sense, a motivated Wisconsin team here to win that title. Now, no, no, not talking about style points here, so the number comes into effect. Can they, might there be a, a backdoor open as it's garbage time, and you know this is going to be the last game for some seniors that you might see Wisconsin clear the bench, and not in the same fashion that we saw a few weeks ago against the Michigan Wolverines and, and Jawan Howard and company there, but clearing <laughs> the bench here just to get some guys that typically don't play, maybe your walk-ons would have you last game there at Wisconsin to get some minutes. Maybe that's where you have, might have opportunity for Nebraska to get back, you know, to cover that big number sitting at 12, 12 and a half, but not a game I'm going to play. Femi. Yeah, we don't need another brouhaha there uh, in the post-game handshake line out there in Madison. Uh, real quick, though, out of the Big South, Longwood leads Winthrop 72 to 50 with 312 to go in the game. It looks like Longwood will be punching the second ticket to the big dance. Last night, we saw Murray State win the OVC over Moorhead State. So Murray State was the first team to go dancing, and Longwood is right behind them as they will likely be the team going and representing the Big South, barring some sort of epic collapse with 312 to go here, but it looks like Longwood is poised to go to the NCAA tournament as the champions of the Big South. Over in Rutgers, this is a close game between Rutgers and Penn State right now. Scarlet Knights lead 55 to 52, live number three and a half here with 245 to play in this game, but another big game out of the Big Ten. This one will be the final game of the Big Ten schedule here. It is the Illinois Fighting Illini hosting the Iowa Hawkeyes in Illinois. This game tips off 430 Pacific, 730 Eastern. Illini, four and a half point favorites at BetMGM. Total 154 and a half. This has just been all Illinois number or money since this opened up at three on the overnight. Yeah, thinking about Iowa, they've been playing very hot. They've won eight out of nine. Keegan Murray leads Big Ten 23 points per game. Just this is a team, Iowa, that 
defensively uh, has their challenges, but so do a lot of other teams in the Big Ten. And I think for Iowa, the fact that they can score in so many different ways, they want to play tempo, they can play through the you know they can get to the rim, but they can shoot the ball from the outside as well. And and I think for the Illinois side, I'm looking at their injury report, and we'll see starting guard Jacob Grandison questionable with a shoulder injury to play in this contest. So that's something to keep an eye on as far as the the Illinois. Now they have some depth at guard, and they've got some leadership, a number of seniors coming up, both starting and coming off the bench for Illinois at the guard position. So they have some depth there to make up for for Grandison if he's not able to play. But you you. Think about how is Iowa going to play offensively and see what they can do to pull Kofi Coburn away from the basket. And Because I think you'll see a lot of five-out sets for Iowa to pull Kofi Coburn out there. And we know he's tremendous on both sides of the floor, inside the painted area, but away mm-hmm. from the paint, especially defensively. He's a liability out there, and I think Iowa will be able to find ways to take advantage of that. Now, Illinois did win back in Iowa 87-83, but that was way back on December 6th. This is a different Iowa team now three months later than what we saw back there in December. So I, I kind of favor Iowa in this spot, but I want to see the status of Granison going forward. But I'll see if that number keeps ticking up because right now that might be a contrarian play to take that Iowa Hawkeyes as a dog. Yeah, this uh, Iowa-Illinois rivalry that's been budding out there in the Big Ten. These two teams do not like each other, and that always makes for a fun basketball game. We've seen the over get hit, opened 153.5, now seeing 154.5, seeing some 155.5s in the market as well. Whenever you get an Iowa game, you expect a lot of points. On the other side, we'll get you up to date with this Michigan-Ohio State game going on in Columbus. Plus, we'll turn our attention to the NBA card as we begin. Hour number three, betting across America here on Visa the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Podcasts. 